0: Hi, welcome to Changemakers, a Smarter School podcast exploring how to live a successful and happy life. I am Gatlehomu Krokhema, your host. On every episode, I talk to great thinkers and doers from different walks of life who are at the forefront of positively impacting society. Our conversations focus on their specific journeys to achieving their goals. We talk mindsets, books, advice, and tools they use to keep them motivated. All the key ingredients you need for a happy and fulfilling life. I hope you enjoy this next episode.
1: You must even say no to the money. On three occasions, I've declined opportunities that elevated me in position and elevated me in terms of earnings. Simply because, one, the timing was not right and I was able to be honest with myself around that. Because the last thing I want to do is window the case. When I come in, I want to kick ass. So I knew that this is too premature for me. It's lovely, but it's premature. I need to grow. Two, it's not aligned to what I want to do. So it's not the thing that I'm going to do. It's an amazing opportunity, but not all good things are for me. And it takes maturity to say that.
0: The work that you're doing today, you know, for, I don't know if I should be mentioning any, any corporate names, <laughs> you know, um, and how did you come from, you know, the city of Johannesburg to be where you are today, you know, and what exactly are you doing today? What excites you and that there's now, do you feel now like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, and when do you plan, where where do you plan to take it and have you forgotten about being an architect or is that something that you still hold dear to your heart and and want to do it or maybe you're an architect in a different way, not buildings but other things, you know, so just take us through that.
1: Yeah, so after leaving the city of there for three years, I moved over to Absa. I will mention the corporate, I moved over to Absa, and I um, worked for digital banking. I worked there as a risk consultant for two years, and then thereafter I left, and I joined my current employer, who's FNB. And when I joined FNB, I joined as a risk manager, and I was supporting um, the investment um, product houses, that is, um, cash investments, that looks after the deposits, as well as sharing investing. And um whilst I was there, I think that's what I did. And I, I grew a lot. Um, from a career perspective, from an exposure perspective, I just learned and grew a lot. Because as mentioned, I started working as a risk manager. Within six months, I started to gain exposure to compliance and compliance management. And then within six months of that, I was promoted to um, the head of risk and compliance for um, cash investments. So I, I then became their... Their youngest um, Exco member, uh, I was 26 at the time when I joined Exco, and I was the only black person around the room <laughs> at the Exco table. which um, was intimidating, to be honest. It was scary and was intimidating, but I had so much support and so many people who for me around me. And my managers were just amazing, and I had more than one manager. And it was just incredible how they were very supportive and just held my hand in a way that I was young. And therefore were willing to groom and teach me. Um, um, and just give me that grace and space to learn and to make mistakes and to figure things out. Um, whilst I was there, as time progressed, I started to help in the complaints world. So after assisting in the complaints world, I was given the regulatory complaints to manage over and above the legal risk compliance portfolio. And then, um, started to. Identify some of the root causes of complaints, uh, which emanated around some of our information that we put out to clients, how we manage client experience, etc. And because I came up with some ideas around how we could improve certain things, um, a new error's profit and I was given that area which was the digital client experience portfolio as well to, um, look up and participate in. And, and, and all the while, I, I still had the other portfolios. And I think that's important, you know, Curiosity and coming up with things that might not necessarily be in your area and solutions for things that might not necessarily be in your area is important. I consider myself somebody that doesn't like to be confined by my role description, but can contribute ideas and thoughts to any sphere within the business unit that I'm operating in. And in so doing, that opened up and abled around opportunities for me. And that's how I've been able to unlock opportunity after opportunity from a career progression. And um, what happened is that after about five years uh, being in that space, I felt I needed change. i have done a lot with compassion investments. i have been given an opportunity to dabble in a lot of things. And, and literally my career at that point was a food seller. As mentioned, there was legal, there was risk. There was a little bit of IT risk management. There was um, complaints mm-hmm. management. There was client experience. There was a little bit of communications, etc., etc., so um, it was a bit of a fruit salad at that point in time, and I I was very glad for it because I got a chance to do a lot of things that a lot of people don't get a chance to do all at once. So I was ready for change, and I wanted to operate an environment where I knew nothing. So I really wanted to move into a space where I don't have any connections, I don't know anybody, and I'd have to literally start from scratch because... That's where exponential learning happens, is when you push yourself into spaces where you know nothing and know nobody, because again, I need to employ my skill sets around relationship building, brand building, helping people understand who I am, articulating who I am, and articulating what I can bring to the table and influencing things from the bottom up again. And that's when I moved over to business
0: banking. When you're talking about starting from the bottom again, you know, articulating your brand, I, I want some, you know, practical examples of practical things that that you did, you know, to to get you to be now uh, head in 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 that business banking sector today. You know, so what exactly did you do?
1: So I think the first and foremost thing is that it starts with something. You need to be vulnerable to start again in a space where you know nobody and they don't know you. And you have to prove yourself all over again, take a principle of vulnerability. Especially when you reach the executive level within a business unit. There's certain things that you no longer have to explain. There's certain things that you no longer have to go with a for, you know, because you've taken the time to prove yourself. And to start a game is not, easy and it's very intimidating for a lot of people. And a lot of people at an executive level start or over again, not because they choose to, but because they are forced to. Do it while it's still on your terms. Do it whilst you are open to it and are not forced to do it, you know? So I think the first thing is to is to understand and be honest about when you're at home When you know too much, it's there's a certain level of expertise that is good because you are contributing in the libraries. You're adding learning that i please, But the towing is also very important. When you know too much, you think you know too much, you may also start to become an inhibitor of new thinking and decisions. When you start to identify certain of such traits or certain of such behaviors and actions happening, be honest with yourself that maybe I'm starting to think back like a lot of things because for every idea that is brought up, I have a response around tried tried that it didn't work when you start becoming that person, it might just be the time to move on. Also, so it's for the benefit of the area because I feel like management comes in for a season. Every manager comes in and they take, they come in and they find a business unit or an area at a base level. When they come in, they've got first thinking, first ideas and they're able to take it from that level to the next one. They're able to elevate certain things and ideas and contribute in a fresh and different way. But after that period, you need to identify that my contribution is done. All I'm doing now is managing the new status quo that I have created. And when you reach that point, you have to move on so that the business unit can get in the next set of eyes that would see what you have built with the first set of eyes and see your opportunities that you had stopped seeing Uh, and fresh ideas that you had stopped seeing so that they can contribute. Also, you stop. Growing as a person, you need to find yourself in environments that challenge you that make you feel uncomfortable, and hence I say, it takes honesty with self and vulnerability to say. I'm comfortable at that stage. It's dangerous because my learning is plateau, and I need to continue to learn in as an individual, and therefore I need to find spaces. That challenge me and make me feel uncomfortable. So that's the point that I have reached. And my business unit at the time did not want me to leave, but I knew that this was the right decision for me, and even for them in the business long term. And that's why I advocate even for placing executive management on short-term contracts and holding them to a vision. That you are on a five-year contract, what is your vision for these five years? In five years we'll review if you can take Give us a renewed vision that will elevate it to the next level, perhaps for renew. But if you feel that you fulfilled it, then anything beyond that is you managing and just maintaining the status quo. You're going to have to rotate to only to go. Rotational leadership is important for the person to continue to grow, and for the business unit to continue to benefit from a new, fresh set of eyes and a new vision.
0: You you found yourself that okay, okay now now I need to move to something new there you go, you're restarting. So what, what exactly do you do and and how do you get to this um, you know, ahead uh, at this uh, business banking um, sector?
1: Okay, so um, I joined um, business banking and as mentioned, I engaged with a lady that I knew um, from, from the risk management fraternity and she had moved into business banking and I just started having conversations with people around me that, you know what, I'm actually looking for something new And uh, I'm looking to do something different from risk management entirely. I actually want to move out of risk. Um, And an area that I might be interested in is where I do business improvement because that's the one thing that I learned from my years of risk management is identifying what goes wrong and what can go wrong helps you also think about how we improve things and do things better. So I said, I would like to be the person that not only gives ideas or to the next person around, perhaps you could improve this area once and three. I want to be the person that actualizes those improvements. So I've always been on the more consultant end where I give the ideas and I give the steer around what could happen. But I, I wasn't necessarily on the business ownership end where I'm able to take ownership of it and actualize it. And I was craving that, that, you know what? I've been doing a lot of consulting and, and giving of ideas. Now I want to actualize. And she said, you know what? If there's opportunities that I hear of, would be the first person I contact, and and indeed she followed through.
0: She contacted
1: me and said, "We are actually looking for it's a new space that has been created within Refuse Banking, um, and, and around having our client experience. And we're looking for somebody that will hit up ops uh, and specifically look at uh, business improvement uh, across product owners and um product develop or well, product delivery, as well as the SLA tracking of the product delivery." If that sounds exactly like the sort of thing that I'm looking for. So I would love to interview for it and see if I, I, I can get the opportunity. So I went for the interviews and I was able to then land the opportunity. And um, when I worked in that space, um, it had just been two months that I'd been there that she then said, listen, I've been accepted to do an MBA at Harvard, an executive MBA. So I will need to be away for four months. And whilst I'm away, I need I would like for you to look after the team for uh until I come back. So we'll we'll just put you as somebody who's acting, um, just for the next couple of months. And I said, absolutely glad to do that. And while she was away, there was a strategy that she was given and working on that I then um had a look at and it actually spoke to a lot of the strengths that I had and had done in previous positions and I thought, okay, this is where I could add value, um in perhaps just packaging this well and, uh, and just assisting her with getting some progression with regards to the strategy. And I did that. And when I presented it to the executive in an absence at the time, they were quite, um, um, excited and impressed with, with, with how I packaged it. And, um, seven months into the role, I was then approached by one of those heads, um, to say that we've got an application in business banking that is used by our bankers. Um, for account opening, uh, client onboarding, and just managing the servicing elements. And we need somebody that will spearhead a strategy around scaling it up across not just our relationship banking teams, but our non-relationship banking teams such as our branches, as nationally, as well as our our contact center partners. And I think, based on what I saw you do um, for the strategy that you you, you packaged for the I would like for you to please... um, take this on and take this opportunity on. So that's how I was given the opportunity to look after the application that uh, uh, was used by business banking for managing um, profiles, essentially, and then built um, up a strategy around how to scale it and actualized the scaling that was. So we rolled it out to, to, to all the branches nationally, over a one-and-a-half year period, and extended it to our contact centers. And now we are doing the, I call it the 2.0 of that strategy and that is to move towards uh, a platform-based business where we've got our customers as well as our bankers operating off of the same platform and leveraging off of the same capabilities. And, and, and that's how my opportunities have come. It, it's, it's It has been through conversations. It has been through people. It has been through people that have influenced certain aspects of my life. And it has been through curiosity and being brave enough to say it's time for me to do something new. It's time for me to go into a space that I don't know. Because, as mentioned, I moved into managing a platform. I know nothing about IT. My background had nothing to do with IT, except for just having um, sight of IT risks. But skills and leadership is applicable, and it can cross pollinate across many, many disciplines and sectors. And I think that's what one must remember, because that's what will give you confidence to move into spaces, is that you're essentially not really starting from ground zero, because the things that you know, can be applied, it's just a different setting. And if you remember that, you will be brave enough to know things that you know nothing about because you are bringing something to the table. You're not bringing nothing.
0: So this, this lady goes to, to Harvard to go do an MBA and she chooses you out of probably a lot of other people. What, what do you think made you stood out? Why do you think she chose you out of all these people? What, what did you do?
1: What gave
0: her that, um, you know, security that you, you can execute the strategy well?
1: I think it's because she had known me from the previous business unit and the role that I played there. Um, so she had seen me operate in a space where I led certain topics as mentioned. I was the head of legal risk and compliance there and I sat at the segment, um, legal risk and compliance exposed. So, she knew that I, I was capable and I had the leadership capability to lead, uh, in her absence. And I think that's the confidence that she had that she could lead the team in my hands and that she could trust me with the leadership capabilities that I had to manage the team and the, the projects that the team was entrusted with. So, so it's important. And hence I say a lot of people are watching and Those years where I was with her under the, the, the risk space, little did I know that she was observing. And, and therefore that's why I say, you know, your behaviors, your attitudes, how you manage the little things, how you manage the big things. Someone's watching and somebody is, um, looking to, at that point in time, they might not even know that your parts will cross at a later stage. But when they do, your names should come up in their minds. And that comes to, Defining your brand. I always say be intentional about defining your brand and who you are and always show up with that brand in mind so that when opportunities come up, when big projects come up with, when things come up and they have an, an executive are thinking around who would be the best person for this. They're able to make the immediate fit and the immediate connection is you and that project because you've got a distinct brand that they can associate with you. A brand of delivery, a brand of execution. A brand of strategy and strategic thinking, a brand of confidence, execution, and articulating strategy and managing it well. A brand that says Noma can show sure up and short sure well. Noma is not intimidated by new Noma is not intimidating by going to spaces that she doesn't know. So for this particular problem statement, NOMA is your person. That's why it's so important to carve that brand and the intention of uncovering. Write down for yourself what you want people to think of you when they think of your name, and then be intentional about grooming those things within yourself and making sure that you articulate those things to stakeholders and you bring out those things so that it's in the minds, it's imprinted in the minds and the hearts of the stakeholders that that's who you are and that's what you're about. Because as the opportunities come up and they are seeking a person of that nature, you will be the first name that comes up in the
0: yeah, and I like that you you talking about you know carving a brand. I, I was gonna ask you, you know, um, for for young people who are coming up, and maybe even you know the the senior senior people who are who feel stuck in their positions and they want to sort of restart their careers or or, or grow, you know, um, how exactly to to do that, you know, and I want you to touch a bit on that. Curving your your own brand, you know, I, how do you do it? I mean, I can write down, you know, what I want people to think of me, but then how do I take this and make sure that actually people know it, you know, and like you said, if they think of a certain project, I'm the person that comes to mind. How does that work? How How did you manage to do that? How,
1: how can we do that? Well, brands are a combination of everyday behaviors, ultimately. So... The first thing to do is you take this big mega concept that seems out of reach, which is what are the things that I want people to know of me? And you write them down. I want people to, when they think of me, to think it can be done and it will be done. I want them to think execution. I want them to think... Fix. So you write those things down. Once you have, you then look at, are my actions today speaking to my brand or the things that I aspire for my brand? What are the things that are taking me there and what are the things that are not taking me and are not serving me in that regard? So you start to look at the way that I engage and my lack of engagement is not taking me there. So I probably need to speak up more. The way that I don't go out and introduce myself intentionally to people is not taking me there. So I probably need to work on that. I like to verbally convey my ideas, but perhaps if I start putting them into PowerPoint presentations that can demonstrate my other skill set, that could help demonstrate some of the strategic thinking and how I'm able to package the strategy well. So maybe let me stop talking about it, put it into pictures and demonstrate my pictures because my pictures give you my mind map. And therefore you can see what I what goes on with that enormous mind. And that will give an indication of you can think strategically or not. So you start to think about your daily activities and actions and identify those are that are in alignment to where you want to take your brand and the things that you're aspiring to be known for, versus the actions that are not taking you there. And for those things that are taking you there, think about how do I amplify this? What are the low-hanging fruits to amplify this? Is it a copying time? Is it um, having Targets around connections that I need to make and these are the key people. Remember I said stakeholder mappings are important. Once you've mapped the stakeholders and said, these are my influencing stakeholders that I must make, Maybe I need to save it. Maybe I need to have too. Those things, you need to be intentional. I think a lot of people are very haphazard around how they manage their careers and hopes for things to happen to them. But you need to be intentional about how you drive your career. Yes, there are people that will be influencing factors in your life where they will come to with opportunities But a lot of the things that we do around relationship building are intentional in nature, connections, building a network, all of that takes intentionality for it to realise, you know? So that's the thing that I would out to people is elaborate your daily behaviours and habits. And ask yourself, are these taking me to these things that I've listed as being my brand? And if they don't speak to your brand, start to do things that are in alignment with the brand. And say, a person who's an executor, what does their daily life look like? One, they have a daily plan. Two, they pre-plan the people for what they're going to do today. Three, they stick to their timelines. So am I this person? Let me start doing those things. And in so doing, I will actually start to become that executor that I aspire to be, that delivers on time. Delivered within schedule. So it's 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 habits. Your habits ultimately are the things that will define who you become. If you don't confront your habits, you will not get to the things that you aspire. It's really that simple, but also that hard, because it's as simple as that. It's your habits, your daily behavior. What does your daily routine look like? That will tell you if you are going to be a successful person or not. Simply looking at your daily
0: yeah so so the the incremental returns do the small things to to get the big results you know i, I love that i mean i think that's powerful i will say that you're, you you are an architect uh, what you just spoke now it's actually you know planning you know and architecting your life you know, so you, you are an architecture of 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 your career and, and i mean I, I love that um and i've learned a lot that you know i'm this intentionality, you know, just be intentional with what you want to do and reflect, you know, on, on on my habits, behaviors on a daily basis and how this all come together or culminate to what I, I actually want to be. I think that's powerful. I want to pivot a bit, you know, um, and talk, you know, you're talking about planning, you're talking about, you know, being intentional about your career. How, how as a, I'm sure you are very busy, how are you managing to be, you know, a partner, you know, a wife, a friend, you know, and and a mother, you know? How how do this these things come together? I mean, COVID showed us, right? What 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 really matters is our relationships, like you also said earlier, you know. And people have been talking about balance versus integration. I'm not really into the semantics, you know. You can call it balance or harmony or whatever it is, you know. But how do how do you then bring in your other, you know? um aspects of your life, because you're not only an F&B employee, you know, you are all these other things, you know, how do they all sort of uh, come together and make Unoma?
1: So I think for me personally, I I always say to people, we're so good at planning our careers, uh, but we're not great at planning our lives. Imagine if we started to plan your life in the same manner and in the same detail that you can And I think that's important. It's not that we are lacking in skill sets to plan and manage our personal lives and all the other things that we want to do outside of normal It's because we just simply compartmentalize where we employ our skill sets. And we shouldn't do that. So if I can run a contrast around my work life that helps me manage my work life better, why can't I do the same with my Home life. It's me applying the things that I have sharpened over time and have become good at in my work to do same in my personal life and to help me manage those aspects in my personal life. Because as you rightly mentioned, as individuals, we are multifaceted and play different roles. But all roles are equally important and we should take all of them as seriously as a listener. And some of us take our careers more seriously than we take our roles as a friend just as seriously, a sister just as seriously, a spouse, a mother, etc. What if you were to take all those other roles as seriously as you take the role that you play in the workplace? Things will look different. And I have plans for all areas of my life, and the plans that I speak of aren't like a five-year or ten-year plan. I don't believe in those. Uh, And that's because I feel those two. Shows you to a lot of opportunity that may take in a different in So I believe in the plans I speak of is the intentionality around how I want to spend my days. I, I am not haphazard around how I want to spend my days. And that's because I realize that my days are my life. So if I don't plan my days, got, I live a life unplanned, and I live a life that is just going near the windfalls and may not necessarily take me to the things that I want to achieve. So even in my personal life, I plan. I, I I have a picture of what is it that I would like for, to achieve with my family in this year. What is it that I'd like to achieve in my relationship with my husband? What are the things that I would like us to do more of? We need to have more engagements before we sleep at night, just to reflect on the day. Those are some of the things that I would then employ and say, can I be as strict about employing those plans that I've put in place for myself personally, as I am in my work? Can I take it as seriously as though there were a scorecard attached to it? And if I did that, my personal life will be will flourish and be as successful as my professional life. My professional life is is not successful because I'm smart. It's successful because I'm intentional. So a personal life can be successful if you just chose to be as intentional as well. Read it as though there were scorecards. You would do things differently, you would plan, you will be intentional. You will take things more seriously. So, so that's an important aspect for me. It's planning. Planning is also what helps you balance the illusion of balance. feel sometimes we feel flustered and we feel like we can't manage a lot of things because things are happening to us. But when you've planned for it, you've allocated the time and the hours in conjunction with the time and the hours for every other So you are deciding what happens when, not that you are a victim of the hours of the day. Be intentional about it and things will go a different way. And if intentionality means being intentional about creating new time, creating time out for yourself, that mustn't just happen when it happens. Carve it into your plans. Be intentional about taking time out. Be intentional about saying, I want to be away with my kids and my husband. I want times to normal. I want to do things that are only about normal. It takes intentionality because if you don't do that, you will pour out of an empty cup and you will be better when others do it. You'll be better towards your spouse when they are living their best life and doing things that make them happy. And that's my faith.
0: That's, that's, that's powerful. So, so uh, the architect theme continues essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: share one one last thing that, that I'm hoping helps specifically black people in the And that is the reason why I hop on around you framing for yourself what your brand is and what you want to do in life and the things that, that you, you want to participate in is because a lot of black people have a lot of potential or that work hard in the floods and whatever. Are trust thrust with a lot of opportunities. There is very there is no lack of those opportunities, especially once once you start ascending, and that's because a lot of corporates and a lot of organizations have transformation at the forefront, and a lot of transformations go out for parts that they need to So they will give you opportunities. It's important that. You know who you are and what you want and what your brand is so that you can sift what opportunities align to you when you're taking MoMA and each one's Otherwise, you will go where people take you. You will go where leaders are signing to you. You will be, you will operate on a kid payment skill If you aren't the one, that's paying, this is a great opportunity, but it's not great for me because I've defined who he is. And this is not me. It's wonderful. It's simply not me. Learn to do that so you can turn down the things that don't Because the challenge of talented black people in corporate is you will be thrust with a lot of opportunities, and you need to have the IQ and the EQ to choose what is right for you. Because everyone knows they need you, but do you need it? And in reality, Brand intentionality, brand defining is important so that you are not going where the wind takes you, but you are the one that is catching you your career goals. You are opening up yourself to opportunities, but you are being really very clear about which ones make sense for you and which ones simply don't make sense for you. And you are able to confidently turn them down because you know who you are really. Well. If you don't, people will tell you. And we will go with it. You must even say no to the money. On three occasions, I've declined opportunities that elevated me in position and elevated me in terms of earnings. Simply because one, the timing was not right and I was able to be honest with myself around that. Because the last thing I want to do is window dress. When I come in, I want to kick ass. So I knew that this is too premature for me. It's lovely, but it's premature. I need to grow. Two It's not aligned to what I want to do. So it's not the thing that I'm going to do. It's an amazing opportunity, but not all good things are for you. And it takes maturity to say that. You
0: know, I've, I've learned a lot. I've, I've taken a lot from you and, and, uh, very inspired. And I, and I know that a lot of people who are going to hear you speak, you know, when we publish this episode are also going to, you know, um, take a lot from, from the things that you've said. And you know, continue being fabulous. Continue being the architect, Norma, and you know, the influencer. You know, um, you know, the positive influencer. Let, let me put it that way. And and a, and a bright change maker. So I look forward to more things that that you'll be doing. Uh, once again, thank you very much uh, for for making time to come onto this podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been awesome chatting and. I learn a lot in sharing, and that's why I always say to people, you need to share because it's not just for the benefit of those listening, it's also for your benefit. It gives you an opportunity to reflect, you know, and it gives you an opportunity to inculcate the things that you've learned. Um, Teachers know more because teachers teach, and in teaching, their their learnings are reinforced. So share, 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 share what you've learned. It reinforces it for you, and it helps the next person. So Thank you very much for, for the opportunity to just share my journey and the things that I have learned along my journey. And um, yeah, great chatting.
0: This has been a Smarty School production. Catch you on the next episode. Stay smart and keep well. If you enjoyed this episode of Changemakers, please subscribe if you have not already. Help us spread the word by rating and commenting on the podcast. We like hearing from you, as yes, this will help us create better content and reach more people. Share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues whom you think will benefit or like this sort of content. If you have questions for me or my guest or topics that you would like us to discuss next time, email me at podcasts at